Today's shir begins 15 lines from the top of the Lamed Beis. You might notice a second framed section with, a, with triangles in it. That is the point from which we will be beginning. In our previous shir, we introduced this marking scheme. We are in the midst of different opinions expressing their praise uh, or their uh, description of the greatness of the mitzvah of brismila, of circumcision. So, we continue with this source, Tanya Rebbe Omer Gedola Mila, She'en Lecha Mishnes Aseit B'Mitzvahs Kavram Ovinu. Great is the mitzvah of Mila, as is illustrated by Avram Ovinu, no one was as great as he in fulfillment of mitzvahs, V'lo Nikra Tomim Elo Al Shem Mila. And he was not referred to as a complete whole individual until he fulfilled Mila. So that with all of the mitzvahs that he uh, fulfilled, he wasn't referred to by this accolade of Tomim, of wholesome, of complete, until Mila. Shinemar, his halech lefonai v'yei Tomim. Uksiv, and following that posik where you see Tomim featured, referring to Avram Avinu, it says, Ve'etno brisi beini uveinecha. And in this pasuk, you see bris, the bris mila referred to. So the juxtaposition of phrases indicates that tamim is achieved only with the bris mila. Dovor acher, another approach. Gedola mila sheshkula keneged kol hamitzvus shevator. Great is the mitzvah mila that it is uh, compared to. It is weight as weighty as all the other mitzvahs of the Torah. Shenemar. Ki alpi hadvorim ho'ele korati tcho bris. The ran of, on the upper part of the ran commentary, ki alpi hadvorim ho'ele korati tcho bris, klomar bris milo sheshkulo kechol hadvorim dahainu kol hamitzvahs. From this posik, you see that the bris milo is weighted, is considered like all the other mitzvahs. Great is the mitzvah of Mila, without which uh, heaven and earth would not continue, wouldn't be maintained. If not for the covenant of the bris Mila, the laws of nature of heaven and earth would, I, uh, would not be maintained. Um, my hope is that we uh, remember the similar Ma'amore Chazal that we saw in our previous year that uh, we'll say pattern these Ma'amore Chazal as well. Upliga the Rebbe Eliezer or Rebbe Lozar this uh, last point is at odds with Rebbe Lozar's approach to that Posuk. The Amar Rebbe Lozar Torah Great is the study of Torah Shilmolei Torah lo Kaimu Shomai if not for the receipt of the Torah and its uh, subsequent study, the heavens and earth would not be maintained. Notice we're quoting the same Pasuk, and the Pasuk makes reference to the Torah. You'll ask, where do you see Torah in this Pasuk? So you see in this Pasuk, we, we see elsewhere the study of Torah is referred to as Vihigisa Bo Yoimam Valailo, day and night. So the concept of day and night is associated with Torah 
And if not for Torah, Chukah Shemai Baratz, the laws of heaven and earth, the laws of nature, the whole, the entire creation would not be in existence. And there are other drushes throughout the Shas that focus on the centrality of Torah, the Torah study. Uh, let us just mention the, the basic theme, and it's, it's uh, a core idea to Judaism. And very simply put, the entire existence uh, would not be, if not for the Torah and Torah study. So, contrary to uh, the, the thinking of, of many, uh, we'll call them uh, scoffers or doubters, uh, one uh, should realize that the greatest contribution that that can possibly be made to to mankind, to the world and the universe, is the study of Torah. The study of Torah is the basis upon which all of what we know to exist can, in fact, exist. So that if one is, let us say, looking to, uh, to find what contribution can he or she make uh, for the benefit of mankind, the greatest, the single greatest contribution would be the, the study and support of Torah study uh, and, of course, the fulfillment of that which one learns. Learning Torah without the fulfillment of its teachings is something that we look on very, very disparagingly. So, let it be said that Rebbe Lazar's drasha highlights this point that the core of, of uh, universal maintenance is the study of Torah. We continue in the Gemara. Uh, on the side we have a uh, topic heading Neymar Lavrom Hisalech Lefonai Tamim. It was said to Avram Avinu that you shall walk uh, in front of me and walk in my ways and be complete and wholesome. The Gemara Amar of Yudah Amarav Bishal Shomer Lo Hakadosh Baruch Hu Lavrom Avinu. When the Almighty said to Avram Avinu Hisalech Lefonai Tamim, walk. Uh, in in, uh, in f- literally in front of me and be wholesome. So just imagine someone saying to you, uh, "I want you to be wholesome." So Achzosirada, he was overcome with fear. Omar Avram said, "Shema Yeshbi Dover Meguna." Maybe there's some negative uh, feature to me, something uh, reprehensible that until now the Almighty didn't say be wholesome, and now all of a sudden he's saying, I want you to be wholesome. When the Pesach was followed by this statement that I will give you my covenant that will be between me and you, he was assuaged, he was quiet, he was relieved. And we continue uh, with the psukim that deal with Avram Avinu here from Bracious Perak Tezvov. Uh, the Pesach says, and he and the Almighty took him Avram Avinu outside. Omar Lefonov. Avram says, "Ribonu Shalom istakalti b'mazel I noticed my mazel. Mazel is a term." that it's hard to translate uh, but it has to do with my 
uh, horoscope, the the star under which I was born. Uh, and he said, the Ainli Ben Acher Elu Yishmuel. And he says, I don't have any, I don't see in terms of my uh, mazal that I will have any children other than Yishmuel. Omar Lo, so the Almighty says, Say Mitzdagninus Shelcha. This is the uh, posuk that we refer to by Yotze Otsoachutza. The Almighty is saying, Leave your Itzdagninus, your, uh, we'll say, preoccupation or your. Uh, conclusions based on Itzdagninus, based on <coughs> the study of the stars. Ein mazel l'Yisrael. The Jewish people are not governed by that force. Uh, uh, traditional Judaism, uh, that you, the Judaism that you see reflected in the Talmud, definitely acknowledges the, uh, the phenomenon of uh, star movements and star positionings and and uh, the the whole realm that in English we might translate as horoscope as a reality. Now, we're not saying for one second that the column that appears in your daily newspaper or on some um, internet site that features uh, horoscopes has any validity, but the the concept of say forces that the almighty created that are that are created as part of nature, just like the sun rises and the moon has a lunar cycle. There is also a realm called mazolus. Uh, what, uh, how, how they're to be understood and interpreted and and explained? That's way beyond the realm of of uh, Gemara markings, dafyomi uh, shurim, and it's a, one would even question whether or not we we still have that. Uh, that true knowledge to this day uh, certainly and I emphasize again it's not that which you see in in uh, popular uh, newspaper columns or radio programs or what have you but nevertheless the Almighty is telling Avram Avinu that though there is a force that I the Almighty created called Mazolus you, Avram Avinu, as being the forebearer of the Jewish people, are not subject to uh, its determinations. And therefore, though, though according to the stars, uh, it would appear that you're going to have as a son only Yishmael, that is not going to be your reality. In fact, he had another son, Yitzchak. Omar Rebbe Yitzchak. And appropriately enough, you see Rebbe Yitzchak uh, uh, appearing as the next comment. Um, we have a new marking. This double underline scheme is used to highlight the expression uh, someone who makes himself tamim. Tamim is a, it's a word that I find a little difficult to translate. We, we use the term wholesome, but it has to do with someone who puts his entire faith in the Almighty. You might, uh, might want to uh, use an analogy. Someone, on a, uh, someone who is not a licensed pilot, someone who has nothing, no knowledge of aviation. He, uh, he boards a, an aircraft in hopes of reaching his destination safely, totally relying on the pilot. Uh, so Lahavdil, the Jew who goes through life 
doing what he is supposed to do, uh, putting his full trust that there will be a an outcome that is ultimately beneficial to him in in his reliance upon the Almighty, that would be uh, mitamim, someone who is tomim. And that's in contrast to certain other uh, practices, behavior patterns that we'll see in the Gemara. So, Omer of Yitzchok, Kol HaMetamim Atzmo HaKadosh Baruch HaMetamim Imo He who uh, behaves thusly to the Almighty, so the Almighty uh, acts in, in a wholesome fashion to, uh, in return. Shinemar Im Chosit Tit Chasod Im Gibor Tomim Titamom With the with the um, the strong, wholesome individual, the Almighty is likewise wholesome, and everything that that entails. Omar Revoshaya, call mitamim atzmo shaw oimedes lo, person who uh, goes through life in a tomim fashion. So the now literally shaw oimedes lo means with the the clock the clock with the the hour stands uh, for him stands in his good stead. The uh, Meforshim explain this as uh, he will reach a point uh, where he will achieve greatness. That's called the Shilvi Oyle Ligadula. That you can see in the Ran commentary. Shenemar, the Posuk says, Hisalech Lifonai, Vie Tomim, be follow. Uh, in front of me and be wholesome and in that context it says and you Avram Avinu will be the uh, the father of many nations indicating rising to Gedullah it's also at this point just ponder over uh, Avram Avinu who uh, he came as a uh, upon the the uh, Almighty's behest left his entire milieu uh, entered a, a land that was unknown to him, and uh, according to, let's say, the, the simple uh, uh, the laws of society, the uh, the man was subjecting himself to to a to, to total loss, and yet you see that he rose to the greatest heights that man could achieve by being tumming, by following the Almighty in a wholesome fashion. Omar Rebbe, call Hamenachesh Loi Nachash. We look at Rashi on the upper part of the Rashi commentary. Call Hamenachesh, Kloma Sheroidef Achare Amenachashim. Menachashim brings us into the realm of soothsayers, um, charmers, and uh, and everything that that implies. So people who lead a life like that, who, who pursue the menachashim, so lo nachash, Rashi says, acharov roifim nichushim. He will be subject to the, the powers of those uh, forces, the forces of, of uh, black magic and the charms and the like. They're called the kopid kapti badei. The uh, understanding is, is that he who is mindful of them will be subject to their influence. As we said before, regarding uh, Mazolos, uh, horoscope, uh, and the like, the Torah definitely recognizes another phenomenon that's part of the Almighty's creation. Nothing exists independent of the Almighty. That is 
uh, a cardinal principle that uh, Judaism brings to the to the fore. Nothing in the, in the, exists independent of him, but he, the Almighty, created uh, forces that uh, Western man might be very skeptical of, but the Torah. Uh, speaks about it time and time again. The whole realm of of kishuf of mechashefa. There's a death penalty for people who practice kishuf, uh, black magic. What exactly it is, I don't claim that we have it to this very day. Maybe yes, maybe no. But whatever it is, whatever it was, is something that would subject the person to a death penalty. And let me assure you that if it was pure nonsense and silly superstition uh, the, uh, the, the, it would be hard to imagine why the Torah would impose a death penalty for someone who practices it so when we see many uh, instances in the Gemara, many references to, the, to these practices the, I think in English we might relegate it to the realm of the occult here too we're dealing with that uh, realm and uh, people who pursue these things, who are, and this is what I was referring to before when we were describing tamim. This is we'll call the the opposite or the alternative to being tamim. Someone who is not trustworthy of the Almighty in a in the fullest sense, but rather resorts to these other things. Uh, in English, we might refer to them also as the the whole realm of superstitions. So people who who uh, assign importance to them, they can in fact be subject to the powers uh, that they possess. Shenemar, the Pasuk says, Ki loi nachash biankiv. The Gemara asks, well, this Pasuk says the opposite, Vaha balamid alif ksiv. The lamid alif means the negation, there is no nachash in yankiv. So why do you say that one who pursues nichushim is subject to it? When the when the simple reading of the pasuk would indicate that it's not so. So elo mishum mida keneged mida. Rather, it's because the idea of pre- people who pursue nichush are then subject to its powers is because of the concept of measure for measure. Tony Avo Bray the Rebbe Zera. Ava was a name that uh, Rabbi Zerah gave to his son. Ava means love. So Rabbi Zerah called his son Ava. And Ava teaches, Kol Adam She'eno Menachesh, uh, any person who does not practice uh, Nichush, uh, superstitions and soothsaying, Machnisen Eisei B'Mechitza, Shafilu Malachi Hashores Ein Yechon Likonis B'Secha. He is uh, brought into the region, the inner sanctum into which even the uh, service angels are not able to enter. Shinemar ki lo nachash v'lo kesem b'Yisrael and the post goes on to say ko'es ye'omer li'yankiv u'l'Yisrael ma pa'al kel that the post is describing that uh, the, the angels will ask of Yisrael what are the workings of Hashem in other words, they don't know something that the people who are low nachash biyankiv do know. People who, as we say, avoid all these um, these alternative uh, lifestyles and practices that uh, we uh, find reprehensible.
Omar Rabbi Avo, Omar Rabbi Belozer. Mitnei ma'anehenash Avram Avinu v'nishtabdu bonov l'mitraim osayim ve'eser shonim. Why were the Jews subjugated to 210 years of intense slave labor in Egypt, <coughs> which in effect is a punishment to Avram Avinu, that, that his descendants should be subjected to such extreme hardships. Now, we have a diamond scheme. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Nosei Mivne heading, a topic heading with a structural note combined. These diamonds are Sibois, are explanations. Shenenash, Avrom, Ovinu, Vinishtab, Dubonov, Limitzrayim, 210 Shona, 210 years. Why was that? So, number one, Mitnei Sha'osa Angaria, Betamide, Chachomim. Shenemar Vayorek es Hanichov Yilidei Beisoi. The the term Angaria has to do with a uh, a workforce. He took Talmidei Chachomim and used them as a military force in the battles that uh, Avram Avinu was involved with. Uh, the posuk that's used to prove this is Vayorek es Hanichov. Hanichov are those that uh, that learned from him. And he Vayorek he he cleared them away from their Torah learning. Ushmul Amar b'nei shehifriz al midoisov shel hakodesh baruchu. Rashi in explaining this says. He went too far in questioning or in asking concerning uh, the the plans and the schemes of the Almighty. Shinemar, the Pusik is as the Gemara goes on to say, the Almighty had told Avram Avinu that uh, you will inherit the land, and he asked, well, how will I know that? There was an element of, we'll say, of doubt or skepticism that that seems to be reflected in this Pesach. Uh Personally, I am very uh, leery, very say, hesitant to making definitive remarks, uh, even in, in translating Gemaras like this. We're dealing with the Ovos, we're dealing with people that were on an extremely... Uh, high spiritual level, very, very close to the Rebunish and very close to the Almighty. It's very difficult to uh, to present these things using uh, using uh, standards and, and, and terms that would uh, reduce them to something uh, sort of a common nature, something that we would feel familiar with. But we're trying our best. Uh, trying to exercise the uh, maximum respect due to the Avos, these uh, very great people, the founders of our entire Yadus, the Jewish experience. So he went too far in in asking the Almighty. After the Almighty expresses his plans, he says, "Well, well, can you can you prove it to me, or can you? How will I know this? Can you demonstrate it to me?" Rabbi Yochanan Omar. He prevented people from uh, entering under the, literally, the wings of the Divine Presence. 
this concept of tachas kanfeshchino might be associated with people that leave idolatry and enter uh, monotheism. And where do we see that Avram Avinu, uh, who was actually very famous for, for doing just the opposite, for, for uh, educating the masses to the recognition of Hashem, where do we see uh, he failed in that area? Shnemar, tain li hanefesh baruchush kach loch. This is with regard to the Melech Stome, Melech, the king of Stome after the war of the four kings and the five kings, so the Melech Stome was an idolatrous king <coughs> said <coughs> to Avram, you give me the people and, and uh, I want the, the people and you can keep the booty. And uh, Avram gave him back the people. Uh, had Avram kept the uh, released captives from that war for himself so he would have uh, educated them in monotheism and bringing them tachas kantnashina. So that entire group of people lost out because of Avram Avinu's uh, capitulation to the demands of the Melech Stom of the king of Sodom. Uh, we saw this pasuk quoted before, and here we have another. Uh, we have more drushes on this. Rav Omar Shaharikon Bitora. Uh, this uh, version is actually would, would appear to be uh, contrary to the approach that we took above. And the Ran quotes two approaches, and uh, they're, they're, the, the two approaches are essentially dependent on the version, the Girsa of the Gemara. So we look together at the Ran in the lower part of the Ran commentary. Sharikan Batura, Zirzon Batura. He strengthened their Torah. He made them diligent in Torah. Loshan Acher. Another version is Shalrikon Hirikon Min HaTorah. He cleared them out from Torah. Loshan Abor Reik. The Reik Vorikon was to clear something, empty something out. Shalsabem Angaria. This is the same drush as we saw before. He removed them from their Torah study uh, in order to uh, join in his uh, military pursuits. Shmuel Omar, Shmuel in looking at this pasuk, Vayorak es Hanichov Yulide Beisoi, he says, Omar Shorikon Bazov, he, uh, these uh, uh, students of his, those people that were born uh, in his general household, Horikon Bazov means he he gave them uh, gold, he gave, gave them a lot of gold, and then uh, sent them, uh, Rashi says, Kedesh Yelechu, and then sent them away. But the word, Vayorek in the Posuk is associated with gold as we see gold described uh, as uh, Yerakrak Chorutz and the same uh, root of the word Horikon Yerakrak the Resh Kuf root indicates gold the Posuk says we're going to read just a few of the introductory words that, you, that we have included between the lines. Uh, the number in this posuk is a reference to 318. Um, we're using a new marking scheme. Uh, the trapezoid or volcano shape are Memro Sherab Ami Baraba. We'll see a number of Memros of his. Uh, the Gemara, the uh, 
text uh, amendations note from time to time the name Romi that will appear is changed to Rabbi Ami Bar Abba. So we have a list of a series of droshes of his. So in this regarding this pasuk of Shmoina of three hundred eighteen, Amrab Ami Bar Abba Eliezer Kenegi Kulam. The uh, number of people that uh, Avram Avinu uh, uh, had uh, had amassed for his uh, military effort is referred to as three hundred eighteen in number. And as we saw before, possibly those were the number of people that he removed from Torah study in order to, as we said, Osan Garya. So Ravami says, Eliezer Keneged Kulam, the uh, servant, uh, the famous servant of Avram, Eliezer Evan Avram, he was equal to all of them. Iko Diamri, another version of what he's saying here is Eliezer Hu. The Chushbene Hachihave. When the Pesach says that Avram Avinu took uh, 318, it doesn't mean that he took 318 men. It means he took Eliezer, whose uh, letter, numerical value, Eliezer, equals 318. The Aleph is 1, the Lamed is 30, the Yud is 10, Ayin is 70, Zion is 7, and the Reish is 200. If you add up the numbers, you come out with two, 318. At three years of age, a mere toddler, the uh, Avram Avinu recognized on his own, recognized the existence of the Almighty. Shenemar. Ekev Asher Shom Avram B'Koyli Chushbenei, the numerical value of Ekev, the Ayin is 70, Kuf is 100 that's, and the base is 2 172 is um, the Chushbenei, the, the calculation numerical value of that word Meo V'Shivin Utrain so the Pesach is saying that, that Avram Avinu recognized the Almighty for, uh, for 172 years. He lived to be 175. So from age 3 onwards, he recognized the Almighty. There's a, a very powerful um, statement in this seemingly uh, innocent-looking drosha, and that is that uh, at age 3, say even a 3-year-old, is able to perceive the presence of the Creator. The, the Pesach says, the, uh, the, the heavens, the heavens, and the, the universe, it screams Creator, screams the, uh, the, the presence of the, of the Almighty. And it's, I dare say, it's so obvious that there is a Creator, there is someone who is maintaining the world, the, the symmetry and the, the systematic uh, ex- uh, phenomena that exist in life, in the world, uh, bespeak a, um, a master designer. Of course, the, the, the level of, of recognition, the intensity, the, the detailed level of recognition will differ from a, a three-year-old to a 48-year-old to a 99-year-old, etc. But what the, what the, the Chazal are relating here is that 
um, to deny a creator and a master of the universe is essentially equating uh, such an individual with someone with the intelligence of less than a three-year-old. And if you want to say that, well, Avraham Avinu was extraordinarily bright, fine. So we can say for the rank and file at age six or seven, you certainly should be able to recognize that there is a a systematic, designed existence. And uh, to think otherwise is, is, is the heights of, of idiocy, for lack of better expression. Uh, anyone who thinks that uh, the, you know, even the the simplest uh, realm of creation, a, the uh, a single cell creature could have happened by some kind of a random accident, uh, is acknowledging the possibility of uh, spilling a bottle of ink, and there thereby uh, a perfectly formed uh, equilateral triangle would result. And just as that would be viewed as a virtual impossibility, uh, spilling a, a bottle of ink, you can spill 10 billion bottles of ink to the 10 billionth power over, over 5 trillion years uh, under all kinds of different wind conditions and ink qualities and paper qualities, and you will not have a, a result of the pouring of that ink onto a splashing onto a piece of paper, a perfectly formed equilateral, e- equilateral triangle. And let me assure you that, uh, that an equilateral triangle is an infinitely simpler uh, uh, phenomenon or entity than anything that you'll find as part of the uh, the, the natural world. And uh, if, if you need the assistance of an electron microscope in order to appreciate that, then by all means, seek one out at your next opportunity. The Gemara continues, V'Omar Rabbi Ami Bar Avo. Uh, we continue at the top of Omid Beis. Hasotan, the... Uh, the word itself is a reference to the we'll call the prosecuting angel. The numerical value of that word bechushpene is tlas meal v'shisin va'arbaal is three hundred sixty-four. Now it appears that this is a a uh, rather abbreviated drasha. We see this drasha elsewhere in the Shas, and the Ran is uh, kind enough to reveal. Uh, what the point of this drush is. Uh, just simply to count up the numerical value of Hasatan, you don't need the Gemara to tell you that. So the Ran at the top line says, Hasatan shin and the solar year is 365. Okay, 365 and a quarter, but it's basically 365. In Kane, the point of this drosha is that the difference between the numerical value of Hasotan 364 and the number of days in a year 365 that shows there's a one day discrepancy and on one day of the year that is Yom Kippur the Satan, this, this prosecuting angel has no right to, uh, to intervene uh, and and offer uh, prosecution against 
the Jewish people. V'yomar Rabbi Ami Bar Abba. Ksiv Avrom Uksiv Avroham. Originally, he was known as Avrom without a hay. Later, the hay was added to his name. Betchila himlicho yakodesh baruchu al mosayim varboim ushloisha evorim. From at the beginning, throughout a certain part of his, a certain amount of his life, he was in charge, in control of uh, two hundred and forty-three of the two hundred forty-eight limbs uh, uh, in a person. Ulibasov. As, and later, after he was circumcised, the Almighty gave him control over an additional five limbs. The two eyes, the two ears, and the male organ. Uh, we'll look into this a little bit further by looking into the Ran commentary. Uh, but before we do so, let's just finish the Maimur Chazal on this point. Eluhain, what are the two additional, the, the five additional um, limbs, two eyes, two ears. The eyes, uh, a person cannot control that which he sees. All of a certain, a person might see something uh, negative uh, all of a sudden without planning. Might see something that uh, would lead to, uh, uh, we'll say, uh, wrongful thoughts or immorality. Uh, and the ears hear things that he didn't. A person doesn't plan to hear. He might hear uh, lashon hara, <coughs> uh, uh, evil speech. The rosh hagvia, the male organ. Uh, we look in the in the Ran commentary. three lines from the top. Initially. The Almighty gave Avram Avinu control over his limbs. Shame Birshusa Lizoimavera. For example, uh, uh, legs, uh, arms, a person has control over his arms. Does he, he can decide whether he's going to strike an individual or not. Uh, legs, he, a person can determine, can de- is in control of whether he'll walk to a location that he should not be at. <coughs> when it comes to eyes and ears, they're not in his control. A person can see things that he didn't intend to see, and likewise hear things he didn't intend to hear. And afterwards, after he was circumcised, he was then given, uh, let's say, I don't know if the right word is control, or the Almighty will say took over and 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 uh, in, uh, prevented him or uh, enabled, did not present circumstances to Avram that he would be that he would be subjected to seeing things or hearing things that he shouldn't. So that uh, as a uh, as a reward for having lived the life that he did, and also. Um, and also uh, uh, mauling himself, and also uh, circumcising himself, this was the reward that he was granted. And you can see this further in the Rosh commentary, uh, on the second wide line, in the middle of that line, he says, And because of the great uh, righteousness of Avram, 
these limbs were given in, given to him. Kidichtiv ragli chasidav yishmor kishodo mizgabel yitzrael sofakosh bochu mosro biyodavu. If a person is successful in 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 warring against his natural we call evil inclination, might call it the natural inclination, but a person uh, uh, suppresses it and, and subdues it, which is, of course, and we mentioned in our previous year, we elaborated on this topic quite a bit, uh, that the uh, Almighty created a world with natural tendencies, and it's the, it's the job of people, and especially the Jew, to overcome the natural tendencies. <clears throat> person who is successful over the years in doing so 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 far Kodesh Baruch Hu Moshe Biyado, in the end the Kodesh Baruch Hu enables him to, to live without having to wage that war because he literally gives them over into his hands. A person like that is then not subjected to those tests those life tests that uh, are in fact very very challenging we continue in the Gemara. Uh, the Omar Rabbi Ami Bar Abba Mai Dichtiv Ir Ktano Vanoshim Vichule. At this point, the Gemara is going to be analyzing a uh, pasuk in Sefer Kohelis in the in the book of Ecclesiastes, Perak uh, Tes Pasuk Yud Dalid. And as far as the marking scheme is concerned, we've double underlined the quotes from the Pasuk, Pasuk Yudalad and Pasuk Tes Vav. What is meant by the Psukim there, if maybe just to get a flavor of it, even though you can see it in textually, let's read the words of the Psukim just by focusing on the double underline, Irk Tana Vanoshim Bomaat. It was a small city with a small population. And a great king came and surrounded it. And he built uh, uh, towers and uh, uh, means of attacking the small village. And there was a, a, a poor but uh, wise man in the village. And he enabled the, 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 the city to escape through his wisdom. And afterwards, no one remembered that poor man. What is this all a reference to? So the Gemara explains. Irkatana, the small city, that's the person's body. Those are the uh, few people. There's a reference to the limbs of an individual. That's a reference to the, the, the uh, Pesach that speaks about the great king surrounding it. That's a reference to the evil inclination. Which we said before might not be just described as evil, but or the, the natural inclination. You know there are, there are people, as we mentioned in our previous year, there are people that uh, that claim that they have they have natural tendencies that uh, might not be uh, the majority the tendencies of the majority of people, but they claim that they have they have these uh, natural tendencies that many would consider an aberration. But based on the fact that they feel that they are natural, they justify their their uh, uh, distorted lifestyle 
So that is called the, the natural tendency, the bestial tendency of man. That's we'll call the we can call the yetsahara. Again, some will translate the evil inclination. And the this uh, mighty king builds the fortresses and attack towers. Those are sins. Ish This is the beginning of Pasuk Tes Vav. And there was a sm- uh, uh, a poor wise man in this in this uh, community. That's the uh, the positive inclination. The the ability that one has uh, to overcome his natural tendencies. The milat is to have the city saved through his wisdom. That's a reference to <coughs> to tshuva, to penitence, and uh, and good deeds. That's the we'll call it the the response to the yetzer hara and his sins. The Adam Lazocha Suish Amiskenahu, the Bishas Yatesahora, less the Midkar Lay the Yatesar Tov. When the uh Yatesara, when the evil inclination is having a field day with the person, uh there, there is no one that remembers the Yatesar Tov. The Yatesar Tov is is ineffective at that particular moment. And that's why it's I I think that uh in reference to the uh the uh Pusuk, three lines above, reference was made to tshuva. That's that's penitence. That's uh, um, repentance after the sins. Because during the time of sinning, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the yetzer hatov is rendered uh, ineffective, is is dormant, is uh, impotent at that point. So it's uh, after the sin then. Uh, we our hope is that people will will do tshuva, will repent, and 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 do meisim toivim. There is a no concept of a of a person who can uh, claim to be sin free. So we're describing a situation that applies to every person. Ain uh, you can't find a righteous person who does good that does not also sin but recognizing that we also recognize the power of tshuva and and uh, accumulating amassing merit through maizim toivim and this posuk also from Kehelis is explained. The, that means wisdom uh, strengthens the wise man. That's uh, the practice of penitence and good deeds. The Ran uh, explains the We'll say the ten rulers that that rule over man, meaning that most of man's actions are done through them. So that chokhmah strengthens the wise man. Chuvan meisim toivim are more effective or can overcome the ten rulers. And what are the ten rulers of a person? Eluhain. These are the list. 
the shteinayim, two eyes, shteinayim, two ears, shteinayim, two arms, shteinayim, two legs, v'rosh and the male uh, or organ, upeh, and the mouth. Omar Rabbi Zechariah, Mishum Rabbi Yishmoel, B'kesh HaKadosh Baruch Lahotzi Kuna Mishem. The Almighty's original intent was that the priesthood should come forth from shame. Shame is the son, one of the three, one of the three sons of Noach. Shinamar, the Pesach describes shame as Vuhu Kayin Lekeil Elyon. He is the, the priest that serves the Almighty God. However, Kevon Shehiktim Birchas Avrom, Lebirchas Hamokom, Hotsio Me Avrom. In Shem's encounter with Avram, he blessed Avram before he blessed the Almighty. So if you notice the order of the of the uh, references in this passage, you see first uh, the bracha uh, uh, that he uttered to Avram. And then the bracha, uh, subsequent bracha to the Almighty. That's a uh, a poor uh, choice of uh, ordering whom you are blessing. And for that, uh, shame lost the we'll say the title to priesthood in other, with regard to his descendants. Omar loy Avram. Avram said to shame. There's one uh, give priority to the to the servant in blessing the servant before blessing the master. Of course not. Miad nosno lavrom. At that point, the kahuna was given to Avram. Shinemar neum Hashem ladoni shevli mini. Adoshis oivecho hadom leraglecho. Ubasrei ksiv, following the pasuk we just quoted, it says, Nishba Hashem v'lo yinochein ato kohen leolam al divrosi malki tzedek. Now, without translating the psukim in a literal form, the pasuk aleph, the rosh, explains neum Hashem ladoni. Adoni hu Avram Avinu the Rosh says Shekar Rishon Lakosh Bach Adoni, so that in the, the pasuk Aleph that's quoted here is a reference to Hashem's speaking to uh, Avram Avinu, and then in pasuk Dalid you see that Hashem declares Ata Kohen LeOlam, you are the Kohen, you are the priest, and. Uh, in darshaning this pasuk, I'll, when it, in the pasuk it said Al divrosi Malki Tzedek, Gemara says Al diburo shel Malki Tzedek. As a result of the speech, the poor prioritization that Malki Tzedek uh, had, had followed. And it's with this we understand another pasuk which describes Malki Tzedek. It says, and we saw this quoted above, the who. Kohen Lekeleon, and he, but he has a, uh, implies a limitation. Who Kohen, the Ein Zaro Kohen, meaning, Malkitzedek himself was the the priest of the Almighty, he who 
was dedicated to the service of the Almighty, as the term priest or Kohen implies, but there's the limitation of he and not his descendants. Vein Zaro Kohen. The the phenomenon of someone being considered the Kohen with his descendants meriting that, that is something that was given to Avram Avinu. And as you can see, uh, with that we've come to the end of the third parak of Nadarim, and now that leads us into the new parak. Uh, on the side of the Gemara we have a topic heading, the Nosei, which reads, Hevdel vein mudar hano lemudar meichal. We're going to make reference to someone who declares through a vow that he is not going to uh, give uh, Hanoa benefit to his friend versus someone who vows not to give Michael benefit to his friend. The word Michael, uh, I hesitate translating because that could limit our understanding of things, but you can see that the root of the word Michael has to do with food. The Mishnah. Ein bein hamudar hano mechavero lumudar heimenu meichol. There is a, there's no difference between someone who wants to prevent his friend from uh, receiving uh, hanoa pleasure benefit versus someone who re, who prevents through a vow food benefit. Ela drisas haregel the kelim she'ein Drisus uh, Regel can be understood as easement rights. It's the uh, idea of, of uh, traversing or of, of walking through someone's property. You get from one side to the other side, so one cuts through someone's property. That's Drisus Regel. Uh, now the, the uh, Toysavis points out uh, we're talking about uh, easement rights in, in circumstances that, generally speaking, people would not mind. For example, a, a open field during the summertime. During the, uh, the winter time, during the rainy season, so uh, people are not to cut through other people's property because it's going to ruin ruin the property, it's going to ruin the seeds, ruin the planted items there. But, uh, uh, if other than that, if you're dealing with a, a, a someone's courtyard, for example, or a, an un, a non-planted, an, un, uh, a non-arable area, the idea of cutting through someone's property, a shortcut, that's what is implied by Dresus Oregel. Uh, the Mishnah made reference also to vessels, that are not used for food preparation. So we said that these two areas uh, would be a point of difference. Practically speaking, if someone said uh, that they're not going to provide any hanor benefit, so then the other party would not be allowed to even uh, cut through to use the madiers, the vow makers' uh, property as a shortcut, nor would he be able to use the vow makers of vessels that are not associated with food preparation. If, however, the vow was simply mimaichol, so then, even though 
uh, B cannot benefit from A, Michael, he still B would be able to cut through A's property and B would be able to uh, borrow uh, vessels that are not food related. Hamudor Michael Mechavero, Lo Yashilenu, someone who uh, prevents his friend from benefiting in Michael terms, so he should not uh, loan to him Napo Kvoro Verechaim Vitanor. Napo and four different types of like, sifting devices, a sieve, sifter, a sieve, uh, a uh, grindstone, nor a tanor. Uh, these are clearly food preparation vessels. However, he would be able to loan to him a uh, an article of clothing, a choluk, a tabas, a ring, talus, another type of garment, nizomim, another form of uh, of jewelry, nose ring, possibly. Those are not food related. The uh, Gemara asks a question that we also use as our topic heading. The Nosei Mantano uh, that we've written on the side, uh, paraphrasing the Gemara Mantano Dedrisus Regel Nechshev Hano Bemudur Hano. Who is the Tano that that says that something as I'll say as minor as Drisus Regel is nevertheless to be considered a form of pleasure? And if, if we consider it a form of pleasure, so that when there is a when there a nether is made that prevents Hanoa, this would be included. So who is it Tanaically that views Dresus Aregel as a form of Hanoa, a form of pleasure? Man now the Gemara text, Man Tano, who is the Tana that holds thusly, Omaravado Barabo. Rebbe Eliezer he. It is Rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer who says that even very minor benefits are called Hanor. So here we're dealing with the, the, the fine line between translation and establishing halachic categories. So we're trying to establish what halachically speaking is termed as Hano. Well, uh, 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 I should be more, more specifically, who is the Tana, and we're saying it is Rebbe Lezer that holds, that even very minor types of benefit will fall into the halachic category of Hano. The Desanya, the Gemara says, Rebbe Lezer Omer, Afilu Vitur, Osir b'mudur hano. Vitor is the following. Person goes to a, a fruit shop where the fruit is, uh, is sold by weight. So on a on a balance scale, if a person let's say orders uh, a kilogram of of dates, so a a, a, a weight stone <coughs> might be placed on one side of a balance scale. Uh, that is officially one kilogram. On the other side of the balance scale, uh, you would uh, load it up with a kilo of of dates. The balance scale would be equal, and uh, many vendors 
will throw on the top another one or two dates, giving the customer a, a little extra. That little extra, that one or two extra dates is called Vitor. Literally, Vitor is a person who, who gives, who, uh, who, who uh, surrenders of himself or gives, of, gives up uh, of his own to the benefit of someone else. So this vendor, the store owner, is giving up one or two extra little fruits. In the, in the case of Mudur uh, Hano, if you had a, a vendor that said, I don't want uh, people to benefit from me, uh, han, uh, I, don't want, I don't want so-and-so to get any Hano'a from me, so in selling the fruits, he would not be allowed to, the, the customer would not be allowed to receive that little extra that's thrown onto the top. And hence, you can see that Rabbi Eliezer is concerned with very minor forms of benefit as being categorized as Hanor. Hamudur Michael Mechavero Lo Yashilenu. In the Mishnah, we saw that if a person uh, prevents or forswears benefiting someone else, uh, Michael, uh, a list of vessels was mentioned in the Mishnah that he cannot, uh, he cannot supply, cannot loan to the Mudar. The Gemara asks the obvious question at the top of Lamed Gimel Lamed Aleph, Vaha Min Michael Nodar. The vow was that he's not going to give food to the other party. Why can he not loan to him a sifter? The sifter is not edible, you don't eat that. Uh, on the side of the Gemara, we have a topic heading Lomo Bemudar Mimenu Michael Osulashilo Kalim Kenapo Kavoro Hanilo Michael Haim. Why, in such a case, as we said, can a person? Uh, why is a person restricted from loaning his, loaning the other party uh, these vessels when the vow was simply a food restrictive vow? The Gemara answers on number one: Amar of Shimon ben Lokish, Biyomer Hanoas Maacholcha Olai. The the text of the vow was that the the uh, the benefit of your food is upon me. And now, uh, that, okay, that text would uh, then include, let's say, more than uh, strict food. That's the thinking right now. The Gemara asks, Amo, who is to say that Hanoas Ma'achochalai includes vessels? Maybe it's Shelo Yilois Chitin V'yitain Al Makosoi. That, uh, What's being prohibited is the the chewing of wheat kernels uh, that are then placed something with a therapeutic value on someone's injury. There's a given over here. You see this also in Gemara Psachim Lamet Testament Beis as well as Ksubas Kuf Gimel that chewed wheat is therapeutic. So maybe the vow here of Hanoas Ma'achochalai is again a reference to something that is essentially a food substance as, as uh, this uh, example indicates. But it doesn't include vessels. Omar Rova. So Rova upgrades the understanding of the text. Be'oimer Hanoah Hamavio Lidei Ma'achochalai The 
vower is prohibiting his friend from benefiting from that which uh, brings food to be eaten. What enables foodstuffs to be eaten? For example, a pot in which you cook up the food. So, uh, uh, thanks to the pot, you can now eat the food. So that's Hanoha Mavio Lidei Maicholcha Olai. Omar Rav Papa, Saklovi Peros, a sack for the transport of fruits. Peros, a donkey used for transporting fruits. And even a a basket in, in general is Hano Hamavio Lide Maicholhu. all of these these vessels are also considered within that realm. Uh, the the point here is that is even vessels that uh, are a little further removed from the actual uh, food preparation. The uh, the sack to carry, let us say, the sack that's used to carry grains to the uh, to the uh, person's home. At that point, the grains are still grain; they're not edible. You still have to grind them and sift them and what have you. But nevertheless, even though they're somewhat, the the food items are are that are uh, transported or, or coming into contact with these kind of vessels are still somewhat far from uh, from uh, uh, ability to be consumed. They're nevertheless part of this category of of hano. Uh, uh, Boy Rav Popa. Rav Popa asks regarding uh, additional items. Rav Popa just uh, completed, he just finished his list of three items that are considered prohibited in, uh, in a vow of Hano Hamavilde Maichol. What about the following? Sus Lirkov Olav. Can I uh, can I borrow from this uh, madir a horse upon which I can ride to a wedding? Tabas lerospo mahu. What about a a ring that uh, when worn, so I will look more impressive? Mifsaku mezu baare mai. What about cutting through his property? Uh, as a shortcut, well, 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 well I'll get to a, uh, a a destination faster. A a uh, I'll get to the wedding faster, where there is food. What is the status of these items when it comes to uh, Mudar Michael? Uh, the run added in the case of the uh, the Tabas Lirospo. When a, when a person, let's say, enters a uh, a wedding and he looks more important as a result of uh, various adornments, uh, jewelry, so they might give him a better portion. What is then the status of these things? Toshma. In our Mishnah, we learned In the case of Mudar Michal, he is allowed to receive 
to borrow from the madir, from the prohibitor, these things, and included in which are taboys, rings. Hechidomi. And here we have a triangle scheme to feature the stages in, in which we want to figure out what are we talking about. So, if you're talking about a ring that is not designed for say, improving your image, uh, a ring that's not visible, it's, it's useful for something, but it's not something that would be seen. So, do I need the Mishnah to tell me that if he's Mudar Michael, that this would be allowed to be borrowed? It has nothing to do with, uh, nothing to do with food. Even a ring that will improve your appearance and importance, as we explained through the Ran before. And as a result of this, you might get a better portion of food. And the Mishnah is saying that even though he's Mudar Michael, the ring, he is allowed to receive. What says Lo? That's not to be concluded. As far as the Mishnah is concerned, Lerlem Shalolei Ros. I can tell you that the ring spoken about is not a ring that will improve his appearance. So you'll say that why then is the obvious taught? Since the Reisha featured items that a Mudur Michael is not to borrow, Tono Seifa Mashilo. In contrast, the Seifa teaches things that one is allowed to borrow. But not because there's some specific Chiddush in the Seifa, some specific re- uh, revelation in the, uh, the Seifa. But as we said, it's a, an acceptable, say, Mishnah style to teach contrasting points. As long as some aspect of it has Chiddush value. Uh, which we saw in the Reisha, that even though they're not actual food, but they're food-related items, they are forbidden. Uh, And just to repeat, and in contrast, uh, something like a ring that one uses that's not for uh, dormant purposes, though it's obvious that it should be allowed, the Mishnah nevertheless teaches it anyway as contrast. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.